you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Way. Happy New Year. Man, uh, we had a, a great Christmas as a family this year. Uh, it was cool to uh, sleep in on a Sunday uh, and, like, just skip church, you know? Like, there's no, it was just a glorious feeling. I, I get to know what some of you guys that do all the time, you know? Just, but uh, we just slept in, and uh, don't hate me, don't hate me. All right, listen, but no, man, we had a great time. The weather has been wonderful. Feels like, man, I love this state. I love everything about it. Cool. We are, I'm ex- pretty jazzed up about where we're going and the breakthrough we believe is coming to our community on the other side of this 21 days. Um, this is a little bit different of a sermon for me. Really what my objective, my hope is out of this time together with you guys is not to have a sermon. Just trying to think about, you know, what is the nature of a pastor and, uh, and what, what, what does it look like even nowadays? So nowadays, people want a pastor to be the leader of a church community. Um, but you know, in every biblical sense, what we want is to lead people closer to the Lord. And that's, that's my heart, really, is to draw closer to the Lord. And so with that being said, today we want to start this year off um, doing something that we believe is going to really just honor the Lord and open our lives for more of His presence, more of His truth, more of His Spirit. And, uh, and there's no greater way that I'm aware of, of that happening in my life than by fasting. And so this word terrifies most people, and, uh, and I think that it is so cool. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm good at fasting because... My family will largely disagree with this. Fasting is a really difficult thing, uh, but it, it has the ability to accelerate your spiritual growth like nothing else I've ever been aware of in my life. And so some people have like gone on missions trips and they've seen God move in their life and those are great. But this is just all you. This is, the outside world isn't doing anything. It's just you and the Lord. And essentially, it's you emptying yourself so that you can make more room for what you want the most. And so there's a lot of things that we love on this earth, a lot of things that we crave, but making room for the Holy Spirit, making room for the Word of God, making room, making time to say some of these prayers that have have fallen asleep in our life. Man, it is so good for you. Today, I want to provoke you to run harder, to run faster uh, for Jesus. I'm going to start off reading uh, the book of Jesus. So the question is, why should we fast? I believe it honors God. I believe it always, sacrifice has always honored the Lord. And I'm going to show you, starting off in Genesis chapter 4. Would you all stand to your feet as we read God's word together? Fasting, 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 fasting. Oh man, no one likes this. Now Adam had, had something uh, with his wife. Eve, and she became pregnant. And when she gave birth to Cain, she said, uh, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. And later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. 
And when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the, 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 the ground. And when it became time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord, and Abel also brought a gift, his best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. And this made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Lord Jesus, would you help? Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Man, I'm pretty fired up about this, if you don't know. Uh, I want to see a church on fire. I want to see a people that are in love with Christ. I want to see people that love the presence of God more than your average television show. Like that, that seek, that desire, that want to be in a place where miracles are happening, that love to see people blessed and don't care the sacrifice or the cost that it cost us. We want to see people's lives changed, like people that want to go for it, man. We want to see God. We want to hear God. We want to touch him. We want to be in the place where he's at. I want to be around people that are on fire. But so often... This world pulls us back down to earth. And people have moments where they're in love with God. But they fail to maintain stoking the flame in their life. I believe that there's no greater way to stoke the flame than by fasting. Now for as long as we've ever known of the Lord or of His blessed word... We know that the Lord has always honored sacrifice. Sacrifice provokes love. It's important before we even move any further, I want to absolve any bad theology that I can. There is nothing that you can do that can make God love you more. So fasting is not going to somehow open up and make God say, oh, you know what? I missed it. I do love you. (laughs) That's not it. He died on the cross for you while we were yet sinners. You understand? Like if he would do it for you then, he loves you now. So you can't clean yourself up. He's already done that for you. But what fasting can do is provoke in your heart a greater love for the Lord. What do you mean? Anytime you fast, anytime you do something that is a sacrifice in your life, it provokes love. It provokes effort. Some of you, it's hard to leave your career, your job that you don't even like because you've seen all of the effort and the time and the sacrifice you've put in. Sacrifice provokes love. And sometimes when the sacrifices get old and they get stagnant, we forget that we're supposed to be sacrificing all along for our marriage, for our children, for our church, for the lost, and for Christ. And we see it right here in the story of Cain and Abel. So Abel, he gave a sacrifice for the Lord. But this is where I see sometimes it's the modern church is we we, we honor God like we do a waitress. We just tip him. But we don't understand why, 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 am I, why is it so hard to pray? Why is it so hard to read my Bible? Why is it because our flame has gone down so low, 
we're not looking for God to speak. Because when you need God to speak, you, you'll, you'll read through that word. And I see people that are in love with Christ. And they'll, they'll go through those chapters, man, chapter after chapter after chapter. And what I want to do is fan the flame again in your life. Abel gave a sacrifice to the Lord. And the problem is some of us are trying to honor a God that gave his son for you. And you're doing it with leftovers. And that's not honor. That's not great. That's not a, that's not a sacrifice that's worthy of, of, of something he deserves. We give our bodies as living sacrifices. We, we lay our lives down for him. He is not second. He's not third. He's not fourth. He is first. He said he wants us to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind. I want to be holy in, in, in enthusiastic with him again. I want to be enamored. I want his gaze to be my desire. I, am I talking to a church that desires Christ Jesus today? I want to be a church that's on fire or we can be boring and die and be dead. We can just sing another song and, and hopefully the worship team is good enough to make us feel like God's here. I want to be a church that makes them play. Because we are hunger for God. You can feel it in the room. So in this story, Cain, he did sacrifice. Eventually, I think is what it says. It was at that time for the harvest, and Cain presented some of his crops as a gift for the Lord. But, uh, but Abel also brought a gift. He brought the best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. The firstborn. That's why we tithe from our first. That's why we attend church on the first day of the week. Because we want to make sure that the Lord is first in our life. And we don't want our heart to grow to other things. Life. And so today, Lord, we, well, God, we're going to put you first. You're going to get the first and the best in my life. And so today, I'm going to talk to you about fasting. Here we go. Um, and so the Lord accepted his gift. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9 would say this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and whatever he sows to their flesh, of the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows of the Spirit will reap of the Spirit of eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. I love this passage. Honest to God, those that know me know this has been my life verse for so long. Let us not be deceived. God's not mocked. It's What he's saying is don't be deceived. It's not God's fault. You are spiritually where you want to be. I can't make you any more in love with God. You know, I think about where I am in my life, and I am, I am currently a product of all the decisions I have made up to this point in my life. What do you want? What are you after? What do you want more than anything in your life? Because I think what we want as Americans is we want a great house with a great big yard. 
with lots and lots of food and lots and lots of room and a big, big house. You know, we want, and we want, and God. And that's not it. Like, God, you take everything from me. I, what my soul wants, it finds the most satisfaction. My life, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. What you've sown, that's the only thing you can reap from. The seed you put in the ground is the only thing you can get out. You want to be a great athlete? Did you put the work in? Did you put the time in? Do you want to, have, you want to be in shape? Do you want to have health problems? Like you're sowing into what you're going to reap. Think about my marriage. Man, this last year, if I'm being transparent, man, we, we had some ups and downs in our marriage. And we decided to invest in our relationship to make it better. We worked on communication. We, we, got, we pushed away from the church and away from people. We spent time, we invested. And as we invested in what mattered most, started sowing, started reaping. I know the Lord loves you. But what have you done to provoke your love for him? Is it same old, same old? How does that work for marriage? How does that work for your career? How does that work for the things? I watched passion in, in, in sports this week and just about every game as people, they, even athletes are fasting. They're starving their bodies to discipline because they have a goal. I want to hear God's voice. I want an anointing in my life that when other people need a miracle, they know where to come. I want to see God speak. I want him to give me more resources that I can be a blessing to those that don't have enough. I want God to move in my life. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. But what you sowed in the spirit, you reap in the spirit. And what you sow in the flesh... You reap in the flesh. And we're just living in a time where we've never had so many options to sow in the flesh. It's not just carnal and like sexual. It's also like just food everywhere. And television everywhere. And phones everywhere. And we're just being enamored by more information. We don't know how to unplug we don't know how to empty ourselves from the information that the world is cramming in you. We have to unplug. We have to empty so we can be filled of what we really want. I'm not saying that, that sports are bad or television is bad or food is bad. Actually, I, I, would, I would venture to say food is wonderful. I'm going to dream about it every day for the next 21 days. But I want you to know that what, 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 what is important is that we learn balance and we learn to love things the way that, that God desired. Like, I don't live to eat. I eat to live. And, and, but some of us, like, it's every second of every day. Like, oh, a couple of goldfish. Yeah, I love goldfish. Let me snack on some of those bad boys. Oh, Oreos, absolutely. And so uh, I, I, we want to give up things we love for things we love more. Amen. We want to give up things we love for things we love more. So I'm going to try to get into the teaching here, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Why fast? Because uh, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. I'm reading a book called Atomic Habits, and he's talking about 1% increase every day of your life. 
1% increase, 1% better, improving 1% better in your life every day. And I know the believer that I want to become, and I don't want you to just jump into a 21-day fast. I want you to improve the trajectory of your love for God by making little decisions that are going to get you to where you want to be, which ultimately I fast because it teaches my heart what I love the most. I'm going to tell myself today about 30 times on accident that I'm hungry for God. On accident, like not even intentional. Why? Because I'm hungry for chicken legs and a cheeseburger and a pizza and a Domino's and whatever you got cooking. And all of a sudden I want to eat things I haven't eaten in liver and onions. And I don't even like liver and onions, but I'll be hungry for them. But every time I tell myself what I want, I'll remind myself what I want. And it turns in me. It turns in me what I'm after. Why should we fast? Fasting opens up the miraculous. Man, we've seen it hundreds of times in our church. There are people in our church that literally are alive today because we fasted and prayed. Come on. Uh, we, there are people that we've had miraculous pregnancies. We've seen babies. We've seen jobs. We've seen houses. We've seen finances. We've seen God open the floodgates. Because if my people will seek, humble themselves and pray, and if they'll seek my face and if they'll turn, then I'll, I'll hear them from heaven. I'll open the gates. This has happened again and again and again. Why else should I fast? I, fasting unties my love for worldly things like nothing else. All throughout the Old Testament, every time, you read the book of Joel, you read when people wanted to repent of sin, one of the first things they would do is begin fasting. Why? Because the sacrifice that they're making is reminding them of what they actually wanted and what they did not want to do. And the fasting is cultivating in them a greater urgency and a hunger to be with Christ. Are you hungry for God? Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I don't want just church. I'm after Jesus, y'all. I like the, the woman with the, the issue of blood, you know. She was after Christ. Why else should we fast? I've got like a million reasons. I want to learn his voice. And as I begin to silence television and radio and other voices, and as I begin to dig in his word, I begin to get more revelation. I start hearing what actually the Lord is saying more because I'm silencing all of the other noise. You ever play that game, White Noise? Last year, I got the chance to go hunting, and uh, I was in the woods for, for hours, and it was snowing, and the sound of snowfall. I didn't even know it make noise. And it was so glorious to be there. I love the story of Elijah when he's on the mountain. We just we read it this year when the Lord, the Lord wasn't in the wind and he wasn't in the earthquake and he wasn't in the fire, but it was in the still small voice. And you got to be able to get to a place where you can hear a whisper. Because that's where God is. We think of God with a thunderous voice. But most of the time in my life, God didn't speak with a thunder. He spoke with a no. Don't do that. I want you to give. I want you to go call them. I want you to go to their house. I want you to, it's a still, small voice. 
Fasting silences all the noise. I want you to learn obedience. Oh, man, because what makes a greater follower of Jesus than one who's not actually leading at all, but one who's just doing what the Lord is telling them to do? Here's something that's important. Let me make sure I say this, because I only have a couple more minutes. I don't actually want you to fast for 21 days. I want you to do... I want you to ask the Lord what he wants you to do for the next 21 days. Because if we're not careful, you can all just do what your pastor tells you to do, and that's the Christianity that we're not looking for. What we're looking for is people that want to seek the Lord and say, God, I'm giving you some, I'm giving you this time, I'm giving you today. What do you want to do in my life? Does, does that make sense? Begin asking the Lord, what, you, what can you do? What can you give up so you can fill up? What can you let go of in your life so that you can make more room for God? Your fast shouldn't look like my fast. The only reason why I'm up here fasting so y'all can see it is because it's important for us to have someone to look at to say, oh, that's what, because we had forefathers in our faith every time we saw a revival in America. See, we read scripture about all the people like Daniel who fasted for breakthrough and John the Baptist who lived in the wilderness fasting. Jesus who went fasting Paul and the other guys. And we think, well, that's just them. But every time there was a move of God in the world, people fasted and prayed and sought the Lord. But the reality is the people that are in your life don't know how to do that. That's why the Lord put you at that job. Because he designed you to be a place of the Holy Spirit for them. So we have to make sure that we possess the fullness of God. And I want to go after it, man. And there's, when I think about the anointing and the things I read in Scripture and how the apostle Peter walked down the street and even his shadow cast an anointing that brought healing into people's lives, I think I'm not there. I want more, God. I want more. I want more. I want more. I'm hungry for God. So many things I have to say that I don't have time for. It releases miracles. It helps me learn his voice. It refines me. I think about the refiner's fire. I was singing it all morning today. In my heart, I get so cranky when I'm fasting. I just want you to know, I'm going to be the biggest stinking jerk anyone's ever seen in their whole life. But what it's really doing is revealing, it's just introducing me to me. I've been that jerk the whole time. I just didn't see it. It was always there. And the people in your life could tell you, but you ain't been humble enough to hear it. See, fasting brings humility because it puts you in a position where you know you're vulnerable and you're weak and you need God to move. Fasting should cost you something, and it should hurt a little bit. If it doesn't hurt you, you're doing it wrong. How, what, how do you fast, Pastor? You can give up sleep. I've, I've done all-nighters. Where we fast all night and pray all night long. We've, uh, I think you could fast television. You could fast podcast. I'd love for many of you to fast your cell phone. Man, you want to talk about giving something up for the Lord. Can you imagine? Not being able to look at your screen. You'd be getting the shakes going on. <laughs> your thumb's moving on its own. You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, uh, and so uh, you can give up sweets. I want to be clear. There are health risks involved for people that have never fasted. Don't just do a 21-day fast. That'd be dumb. 
You can do one for a day and then skip a day and do one. And skip one. You can do intermittent fast where you only eat one meal a day and do it at night every night. You're not eating anything else throughout the day. There's many different things you can do. You can do a Daniel's fast. You can do a Tim's fast. You know why I call it a Tim's fast? Because Daniel got to have a Daniel's fast. No one knew. Daniel didn't know he was doing a Daniel's fast. People saw his fast, and they saw how effective it was, and so they copied it. That's why it's a Daniel fast. What if you realize that you're a disciple, and people are following you? People are learning Christ because of your lifestyle. What if the things that you're doing in the next 21 days provoke other people to realize that they need the kind of change that's coming through your life? And they want to do an occult fast. Sign me up, you know? Hey, man, if you, if you got the glory of God moving through your life, I'm going to do whatever it is you're doing. Jesus, talk to me, help me. Um, if you got kids... I'd love for you to invite your kids to fast, but they can fast different things. We don't want, we don't want the, the government knocking on your door wondering why you're starving your children, all right? Um, and it's important that you don't ever project onto a spouse or a child what kind of fast you're doing so they should be doing. It's important because we want everyone to be able to go to the Lord and obey God on their own. And so invite your children into your fast. Let them see the kind of sacrifice... This is important. I think about this a lot. You know what irritates me is how easy we're making the gospel for people. When Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you're going to have to carry my cross. Here's, here's the problem. When, when you don't fast, you're making it easy. But the people that are following you think it's just as easy. Share how hard this is with your family. We want them to see this, that, you, that we sacrifice for things that matter. And nothing matters more to us than Christ Jesus. So he's worthy of all the sacrifice that I'm going to do, that I'm going to put myself through over the next 21 days because I'm after something. If I'm trying to save my marriage, I want my kids to see it. If I'm trying to save my house and my finances, I want my kids to see my work ethic. I want people to see sacrifice. I want to see yours. But Jesus said, when you fast, because he expected you to, to don't brag about it and go telling everyone. He says, if you, if you want to just be known for how great you are, then you've already had it. Congratulations, you're wonderful. Real, real, the, the real blessing is found in secret. So then why are we doing this as a church, Tim? There's power in unity. Jesus was always trying to unify the church. He was always trying to unify Israel. Israel was always trying to call an assembly to fasting. So we want to get back to someday. Everyone here hungry for God. I want to see prayer meetings filled up again where people are coming and seeking Jesus. The real strength of our church is not found on a Sunday morning. It's found in prayer. When we start giving up, John the Baptist says, I must decrease so you can increase. This is why Jesus said he's the greatest man that's ever lived. I know that I can't, I can talk about fasting, but I really just have to ask you, will you join me? Will you hunger for God? There is a generation that's out there that's dying and going to hell, and they're looking for something that's real. And I hope that you're still chasing it. 
is if you've caught it, you need to tell me because we need to get you teaching some connect groups, some mentorship groups. There's a lot of groups that you need to be teaching if you're as good as where you think you are. If not, we got to get going again. If we see the disciples fasting and praying, then this is what we're about. And we're going to do it first of the year. So, other things that I need to talk about. Uh, if you mess up, it's okay. Start over. I mess up every day. If I say something stupid or I, I cuss at the dog or, well, I don't know whatever happens in my life, I don't resign from ministry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're still a believer. There's no condemnation to anyone's in Christ. So if you decide to fast for, for 85 days starting today, which you shouldn't, um, and you eat Oreos on day three, then just start an 82-day fast right there. Like, you just, as of right now, I messed up. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have done that. I'm, I'm, I'm starting over right now. And you just said in your heart, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. God's not angry at you for messing up. He's, he's a loving father who loves to watch it. When I watch my kids try to ride their bike and they're, they're falling all over the place, it makes me so happy to see them try. Effort. He knows you're going to mess up, especially if you're not good at this. He loves to see you run after him. If you draw near to me, the Lord said, I will draw near to you. Now, I, there's, I didn't even get to anything in my notes. I, here's what I know is fasting is confusing to people. Um, a lot of different things you can do, but the, what you need to do is just seek the Lord. But it should cost you something, church. Where we are is not where we want to be. What we're giving is not what we want to. I want to I sow so that we can reap. And we want to see miracles. We want to see a house filled. We want to see, uh, I, Rich, Deb, correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't, wouldn't it be awesome if we can't get our speakers louder than our congregation in here because they won't stop crying out to God? Let's get hungry, man. There's people that are dying. There's people that are sick. I'm getting phone calls of marriages that are in, struggling. Like, God, give us your glory. God, give us your glory. God, give us your glory. Brother Terry, would you come? Rich, would you come? Uh, Brother Tom, I didn't talk to you, but come on up anyway. Ted, would you come? <clears throat> what I want to do is um, we're going to, service is going to go late. We're probably going to go into the next service. Um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we won't, but uh, we just wanted to, fasting is what I'm trying to tell you is a catalyst really to prayer what I don't need you to do is just fast that's called starving I don't need you to starve I need you to pray but fasting is like the gasoline on a spark and uh, you're going to feel like you're not doing it right you're doing it exactly right I'm so pumped about where we're going, about what I think God's going to begin to do in our church. There's already been so much of a shift that we can feel uh, on the staff. That it's, I can't tell you yet. Praise the Lord. Brother Terry has something that he wants to read. He came to my office this week and said, hey, man, i got to read this. This is about our country. 
what this is called in Hebrew in synagogues all over the world where the rabbi stood and taught the people this was called the Bema throne when we do ascend with Christ he is going to take the Bema throne and he's going to instruct all of us so that we understand what we got wrong I need to sit down. Yeah, man, do it. I, I brought it because I wanted to sit, but I always forget because I get too excited. I tell myself every week, this is the week I'm sitting the whole time. I'll get there. I'll do this, you do that. Okay. Don't want it to fall. Our Father which art in heaven. Anybody here have a question in your mind where that came from? The disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. They understood the importance of prayer. Well, Jesus gave his followers, followers what I call a pattern of prayer so they could approach the Father intelligently, knowing what they were saying, and in humility, before his greatness. Now, this wasn't the first pattern prayer in Scripture. In the Old Testament, we were given another. At that time, when another nation was in danger of losing its place in history. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Notice this is not the world. This is not the lost. This is not the masses. These are his people. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This promise is repeated again and again, even throughout the New Testament. James 4.10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. I believe God has given us another pattern prayer from the lips of a courageous pastor in Kansas who spoke to a gathered assembly in the opening session of his state's senate. I'm going to read that prayer with a slight modification. But I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And every point is made. Ask yourself, have I done this? Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask your forgiveness. And to seek your direction and guidance. We know your word says, woe to those who call evil good. But that is exactly, well, have we done that? Have we lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values? Jesus. Have we ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism? Mm. Have we worshiped other gods and called it multiculturalism? Have we endorsed perversion and called it an alternative lifestyle? Have we exploited the poor and called it the lottery? 
Have we rewarded laziness and called it welfare? Have we killed our unborn? <laughs> and called it choice? Have we shot abortionists and called it justifiable? Have we neglected to discipline our children and called it bullying, self-esteem? Have we abused power and called it politics? Have we embezzled public funds and called it essential expenses? Have we institutionalized bribery and called it the sweets of office? Have we coveted our, neighbor, our neighbor's possessions and called it ambition? Have we polluted the air with profanity and pornography and called it freedom of expression? Jesus. Have we ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment? Search us, O oh God. Know our hearts today. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free. With the Lord's help, may this prayer sweep over our nation and become our desire so that we can again be called one nation under God. That's awesome. Thanks, Brother Terry. Lord, the only way to get closer to you is through prayer. This is Brother Tom. He's one of our board members and a great man of God. Tom, will you just we just want to start seeking the Lord. I think all of us are here. We want to, we want to grow. We pray. In a very dark uh, national moment, where these things that Terry just mentioned had happened, Jeremiah is alone. spoke to him and you said call on me and I will answer Whew, Jesus, and show you great and mighty things you know not so we sense that we're in a dark moment in this country on this day last year was a very dark year in many ways so we find ourselves in a position of Jeremiah Pastor Tim has called us to prayer. And so today we embark on this call because you say, call on me and I will answer. And you said, I'll show you what you don't know. And maybe that's what we need more than anything else. Yeah. Lord, show us yeah. what we don't know. That's it. And we can do that because we know you are the bread of life. We know that you are the living water. We know that you are the light of the world. And we have confidence in those things. So Lord, no matter what we think, help us to be the church. The only hope for the world is the church. 
And you would ask that you would just touch each one of us in a personal way so that we can be light to our neighbor, so that we can be light to those that are work, that are work, so those, so that we can be light to those that we meet. So that we can be the light of this world. In Jesus' name. Love you, brother. This is Ted, he's one of our elders. Jesus, we want to see freedom. We want to see freedom from depression, anxiety. God, we want to see that freedom in ourselves. We want to see that in our families and in our community. We need you for that to happen. God, I pray during this season of fasting that we see freedom. We see that fruit during the fast and afterwards, Lord. God, I pray to see the miraculous return like we've never seen before. To see people step forward in the calling that you've placed on their lives, Lord. To walk in the authority you've given them without hindrance, Lord. We're starting a 21-day fast today <coughs> on the app. has a whole bunch of resources. Um, we'll be reading uh, Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Super great book. Man, it's so good. Uh, you can just read an excerpt at a time. We have a devotion that we're doing uh, on the Bible app. Um, we have, uh, we'll be here, I'll be here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., there's not many that come. I dare you to come. It's, I mean, it's great. My daughter's asking me, Dad, can I please come to prayer at 6 in the morning? I'm like, what's wrong with you, man? I love it. Yeah, all right. So we'll be here from 6 to 7. We stop at 7. We'll be here tomorrow night from 6 to 7. We stop at 7. We'll do it every day of the weekdays, 6 to 7 in the morning and the p.m. Um, next thing you need to know is... Um, there's more stuff on the app for prayers. There's prayer guides. There's prayer models. There's prayer suggestions. There's teachings about prayer and fasting and all the things you need to know. Join me. I believe we're doing first steps after worship in the first in the second service. So if you want more information about how to grow spiritually and the principles of our faith, we'll be doing that class after worship in the second service. We're starting a mentorship meeting for men and women after the second service next week it's on your guides we're also doing connect group uh, leaders meeting interest meeting we're starting stuff man we want to move in 2023 and i believe god's going to start putting planting the seeds in you right now while all those things are cool and all we want to have we want to be together and laugh and cry and do all those things 
My hope as your pastor is to get you on your knees and get you close to Christ. I want to see him move in your life and move in your life and move in your family. Would you all stand to your feet with me? Let me just pray a pastor's blessing over you. Lord, I pray for hunger. I pray for humility. I pray for a desire to be cultivated again. Would you turn up the soil of our ground? Would you remove all of the noise and everything that is getting in the way of me and you? Show me what I could give. Lord, I pray that you'd move in marriages, in families, in scripture. I pray you'd come alive in their hearts. I pray for dreams and visions and spiritual giftings. I pray that we die and you live. We honor you, Lord. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Just so you know, I just wanted to like, I don't want to like surprise you. When Jesus fasted, he was baptized in water, right? And then when he came out, the Holy Spirit fell on him. We're going to be doing a baptism at the end of the month. If you've not been baptized or you need to be baptized, sign up. It's on the app. Right after Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Spirit, the Bible says, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is going to be hard for a lot of us. And the Lord is going to uncover things that's been lying there. He's just going to show it to you because you ain't known it. Everyone else has. And uh, sometimes it'll be dreams. Sometimes it'll be a a, a butthead under there. And uh, he's going to... This is what refining means. All the yuck comes to the top so the Lord can get rid of it. Paul said this, follow me as I follow Christ. So who's coming with me, you know? Hey, let's do it. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. I thank you for hunger in this house. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all God's people said. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Or tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Yeah. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.